Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Creative Kindergarten Podcast. My name is Amanda, and I'm an early childhood educator in Ontario, Canada. And this podcast is a place where I talk about, you know, all things kindergarten. I pick a topic for the week, and I talk about it, and I really like to use this as a space to reflect and, you know, connect and learn with other educators. Uh, I think we are all at different places in our learning, and that is fantastic like every educator has a different journey and um, learns about different things at different times and I like to have this podcast as a place to reflect on the learning that I'm doing or the learning that I hear that other people are doing and just reflect on my practice and get others to reflect on their practice as well just thinking about things and thinking about you know am I doing this because Am I doing something in the classroom because like that's just how everything's always been done or am I doing it because it actually benefits the students that I have? So I really enjoy having this podcast for that kind of like reflective practice and that reflective journey that we can all take as educators. And I hope that this is a place where you can um, reflect as well and connect with me if you ever agree or disagree with something that I've said about a topic, I am always, always open to learning more about different topics and um, growing my practice. So definitely reach out to me um, whenever you hear something that resonates with you. I'd love to hear from you. But yeah, that's a little bit about the purpose around this podcast. And if this is the first time you are joining me here to on um, for this podcast, make sure that you are subscribed so that you never miss an episode. I put out new episodes every when Tuesday. <laughs> I almost forgot like when I put out my own podcast episodes. I'm a little distracted. I'm in my office right now recording and there is a massive fly that is just flying around my office right now. Um, so I'm just getting distracted by the massive fly. But anyways, this is episode, I'm pretty sure, number 78. And I wanted to take some time from this episode to talk a little bit about some, you know, a variety of things around like the theme of back to school time and things that I see on social media and I hear other educators talking about. So I wanted to make sure that um, I get a podcast episode out about back to school, whether you are actively going back to school in the next week or already maybe back in school, depending on where you are, or if you're thinking about going back to school, uh, about their back to school season, Um, just some different topics to think about. Um, before you start getting everything ready for your students. Over the next five weeks, there's going to be different podcast episodes that come out every week. And these are um, like replays of YouTube videos that I made um, a few months ago. And they're all around the kindergarten classroom environment. So if you would rather see me talk about these topics they are already uploaded to my youtube channel so you can go and listen to them there but i know that a lot of people you know i listen to podcasts when i'm cleaning when i'm driving and doing other things so i thought i would also upload them to the podcast in case that is your preferred method of getting information so the first episode that's going to be coming out next week is all about whether to use a classroom theme or not to use a classroom theme i go over what my thoughts and my ideas around that is And I give you, you know, my experience around themes in the kindergarten classroom. My next topic uh, is all about what's on your wall. So what are we displaying on our walls and thinking about why uh, we would display stuff on our walls like that. 
Um, week number three is all around material storage. I know I get asked a lot about like how I store loose parts and how, you know, I make sure I stay organized in the classroom with all the different manipulatives and all that kind of stuff. So I did a whole podcast episode about that. And then next week's episode uh, after that week number four is all about books and um, choosing the right books for your kindergarten classroom. And then week number five will five will be about classroom centers. So I kind of want to re-put those out there. I think they're all important topics to go over and to start thinking about when you are setting up your classroom. But on top of those, I had a few more that were kind of like swirling around in my head that maybe weren't like a whole podcast episode on their own. So I thought I would do one podcast episode kind of touching on a variety of subjects. And yeah, I'm excited to dive right into that. So the first one, the the first topic in this podcast is going to be one that I see a lot of, especially on social media. It's all about spending money on your classroom. And I am 100% guilty of this. I will spend money on my classroom. I, um, I fully well know that I wish we worked in a space where, you know, public schools were funded enough that... You know, we didn't have to use our own salaries to, you know, offset the materials and the things that we need in our classroom. But I do, I am getting a lot better at it than I have been, especially when I first started in kindergarten. I used to spend so much more money on the kindergarten classroom. And now I'm, I'm a lot more selective with what I buy. I really think about the needs of my students before I buy something. But I want you to know that, you know, your worth as an educator does not depend on how much money you spend on your classroom. If you find something that you think will benefit your students and you are willing to, you know, spend the money on getting it for your students and you are willing to spend the money on it, go for it. You, but if, you know, you do not want to spend any extra money on things for your classroom, that is also okay. I think um, you do what is best for you and um, your students, your classroom, your, you know, your own personal finances, and you do what you need to do. And I don't want anybody's to like see things on social media about like, I see it a lot in the United States where they do target teacher halls and dollar spot halls and like, what they got for their classroom this year or whatever it is, um, you know, you do not need to base your worth on like whether or not, you know, you can get, I think this year it's like a gumball machine. I don't, and the Target dollar spot, I think like, you know, not your worth doesn't depend on like getting that specific gumball machine from Target. Is it really going to be worth the money you're going to be spending on it? Uh, does it, hold value to you? Is it going to help your students? Whatever it might be, um, you have to decide that for yourself. I used to get a lot of um, FOMO, like the fear of missing out when I would see educators going out and doing these hauls and buying all this stuff from Target. And, you know, I used to get be like, oh, I need to be buying these stuff, this stuff too. I need to be spending my money. I need to be getting this. And I think that uh, I took a step back and I realized like, I don't need to be spending that much money on things that I don't think matter as much. And I would rather, you know, spend less money and really buy things that if I buy things, I'd rather buy things that are really going to benefit my students. So I really wanted to make sure that, you know, what we see on social media, what people are posting about all those kind of haul videos and all those pictures of the things that people are buying for your classroom 
your worth as an educator is not based on what you have bought for your classroom. And I really want to make that clear. Again, if you choose to spend money, that is that is perfectly okay too. I think we need just need to normalize teachers doing or educators doing what they want or need to do for their students and their classrooms and their own well-being. And part of that is, you know, spending money if you want to spend money, not spending money, whatever that might be. Uh, it, you know, if there's an educator, there's educators that like going into school early and preparing a class and prepping for back to school. And there's some that only want to show up on their first per, first paid day of work. And both of those are okay. I think we need to just normalize teachers doing what is best for them and their students. And I think the spending money thing falls into that. I just don't want to feel, I just don't want anybody to feel pressured, especially if you're a first year teacher, like do not feel pressured to go in and buy all of the bulletin um, paper and bulletin borders and like all of the like crayon containers. And I don't even know, like there's just so much stuff you could buy out there that's marketed towards educators and like, if I had a choice as to what I think is really important for um, kindergarten classrooms, I would spend it on um, books, some really great uh, vocabulary rich books that show uh, a variety of characters and that is probably where I spend most of my money now is buying picture books for the classroom. I really do love getting a good picture book for my students. And yeah, that's if I was a first year, if I could go back to my first year of teaching and think about all the money that I spent on random stuff. And if I had directed it towards picture books and getting really great quality picture books, totally would go back to that and then I also see and this is not even on my list I have a list of things to talk about and I'm getting already off topic of my list but if um you are looking for a great variety of books to pick from I know I see this all the time in different like Facebook groups that I belong in and this is no again this is no judgment no um like again I feel like teachers do what they need to do but I see a lot of people recommending like the Mo Willems books. I think it's like Elephant and Piggy or something. I actually don't really know. I don't own any of those books, but um, I see a lot of people recommending that and the Pigeon books where I'm sure they are great books, but if we are looking for um, books to work on vocabulary and comprehension and, and some really rich books and read alouds to read to our students that provide those windows and mirrors that I've spoken about a million times before. I don't know if that's the route to go to. There's lots of book lists on Instagram. I've made a blog post with some great back to school books um, to pick from that I can um, link in the show notes for you if you would like. Uh, the Book Wrangler on Instagram and the Tutu Teacher are two great Instagram like people to follow who have like amazing book lists to pick from with diverse characters and amazing um, stories to tell. I would really recommend like investing in some good quality picture books um, and really making sure that you know you're showing that diversity in the characters and you're there like it has that comprehension and vocabulary piece that I don't know if the elephant and piggy like Mo Willems I'm pretty sure that's what he's what the who the author is and that those pigeon books um like I don't know if they offer that variety um there's lots of other books that are like that as well that I don't know if that's like what I would pick as my number one like go-to to start off the school year. So that's just my thoughts on that area and spending money. 
And the next one I wanted to talk about, the next topic I wanted to talk about after, you know, um, talking about the spending money and putting out my thoughts on a beloved children's books just now. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about was starting your school year and how you should start the school year. I know there's like always this big push for curriculum and academics and depending on your school district or school board or where you are, you might have to follow a program. But I want to remind educators, especially our kindergarten educators, that, you know, this is the first opportunity that students have possibly to interact with the education system. And this is their first entry point and they will have a long road ahead of them in academia. And how are we introducing them to that system and how are we making them feel like they belong and that they're valued within the education system? And so I would urge you to start with relationships. You know, academics can come and I'm not saying don't do any academics in the first um, week, two weeks of school. But my focus is going to be on building those relationships, getting to know my students, getting to know families and really making that a priority in my classroom that starting with relationships and building up um you know the 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 children's like confidence and well-being and their sense of belonging in the classroom um i'm not saying that you don't have you can't do any academia in those first two weeks but that won't be my focus like i will still be doing like you know the the math and literacy in there as well but for me it's going to really be more about those re- that relationship building piece um, that I want to focus on and then the other thing that I am going to be focusing on in the first couple weeks of school is building up our classroom routines um, we always have like what we want our perfect day in kindergarten to look like in the back of our heads but and we eventually know what we want to get done in a day but knowing that at the beginning of the year like start small start with like Um, let's say let's talk about like our literacy routine instead of trying to do like a phonics program a phonological awareness program or read aloud a shared reading and all these elements you know start with one piece and then slowly build on that maybe that one piece is writing a shared reading or starting with a show and share with your students and then slowly building in the phonological awareness piece and then slowly building in the phonics piece and like building on those routines throughout the day instead of you know trying to do everything all at once I think that's going to you know overwhelm the students and that's where I feel like we start to get those like quote unquote uh, behavior issues that we can see arise when um, students haven't yet learned how to self-regulate and all of a sudden we're asking them to sit through like a ton of routine so starting with relationships and building up those routines are going to be really key especially going back um, this year back into the classroom after you know a year and a half of like COVID restrictions so That's definitely something um, that I'm going to be focusing on and I'm making a priority. The next thing that I'm going to put out there is a classroom management strategy that I have seen and I continue to see and I'm going to not be very, uh, I'm going to be, I am going to be very blunt about it. Um, I do not like clip charts in the classroom. Clip charts being like you get to clip up or down depending on um, your behavior as a student in the classroom. So you clip up if you did something quote unquote right and you clip down if you did something quote unquote wrong in the classroom. And it's a very public form of classroom management that can be oftentimes humiliating for students who have to clip down. There are some students that might never be able to clip up and that's not on them. That's not through any kind of fault of their own. Um, I do not think that it is an effective 
way of managing behaviors in a classroom in any sense. There's always going to be that child that is going to be able to clip up and there's always going to be the child that is going to clip down and they're eventually their self-worth is going to start being attached to where their clip is on this chart and you know I like the intrinsic motivation to do better and to, you know, make good choices in the classroom is going to just go away because they're just going to feel like, hey, I'm always clipping down. Like, why would I even try? I'll just stay clipped down. What does it matter? Um, So definitely no to clip charts in any way whatsoever. I've never used one, would never use one. I don't think that public humiliation and public shaming of children's behavior is a great way to um, do classroom management in our in our kindergarten classrooms. Again, I start with building relationships and building those routines and work on those self-regulation skills to really um, help children make good choices for themselves and the students around them. And clip charts are definitely not the way to go. I know that there's also like class dojo where you give kids points. I don't really know how it works. Again, I've never used it. Again, I guess it's not this time public humiliation, but at the same time, you're still like basing a child's value or their like behavior on a point system. And again, I just don't think that attaching a value to their good choices or their bad choices is a great classroom management strategy. Not only that, they then fear going home where their parent is going to see their, you know, whether they got the right number. I don't know how dojo points work, to be quite honest with you, where the parents are going to see whether they had a good day or a bad day. I I don't know. I just don't see it as a valuable system for classroom management. And I'd much rather build those relationships and help students make good choices to build that, that intrinsic motivation instead of having extrin- extrinsic, like, ulterior forms of motivation. I want them to make good choices because they want to make not good choices, not because they're going to get clipped down or they might not get a point on an on an app. So, I definitely don't recommend using them. I don't know um if like schools make teachers use them. I have no idea, but that would definitely not be something that I would be using. I even I've, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast before, but there was something that was taught to me um, when I first became an ECE, an early childhood educator, and something that really stuck with me is that if a child has a consequence for something in the classroom, let's say, let's go like worse, not worst case scenario, but like one of the worst case scenarios, one child hits another child. And so now we have to find some form of... Um, I don't want to say punishment because it's not punishment, but some way to rectify the situation. So the child that hit the other child, what are we going to do with the child that is hitting? Is it the first time ever? Was there a reason behind the hitting? Was it an accident? There's there's multiple levels to this, but let's say on purpose they hit another child. Um, we I don't do ever do timeouts. Instead, I bring the child to a calming corner where they are able to self-regulate. If they are like really amped up, we calm down. We talk about what happened. We talk about good choices and bad choices. And then we come up with a solution on how they're going to rectify the situation. A lot of the times it is, if this is their first time ever, maybe they're just apologizing and talking to the child that they hit. And then we move along. 
And if it's maybe the second, third time, then that's when, you know, the child goes to the common corner and now they have to write an apology letter. And then, you know, it's more of like a cumulative, like, um, again, I don't want to use the word punishment because it's not really a punishment, but more of a cumulative like way of rectifying the situation. They'll probably have to, you know, um, write a, a letter of apology to the child or draw a picture of apologizing to the child. And let's say, you know, they hit while they were at the block center. Well, then they probably won't be allowed back to the block center that day. So then, you know, we talk about making better choices, let's say. And honestly, it all depends on the situation. I'm kind of just making this up in my head. But then at the end of the day, of course, I want to tell that child's parents that he hit or she hit. And, but I don't want the child to be punished a second time. So I'm not telling the parent in order for them to go home and, you know, give the child a timeout or like take away their um, TV time or whatever the punishment would be at the home. I always start with, you know, we've, we we have you know rectified the situation in this and this way this is what happened please just talk to your child about their behavior and just making good choices so that tomorrow we can have a better day i don't think that a child should be double punished again i'm putting punished in quotes i don't know what a better there must be a better word than punished i i don't want the child to be punished twice for the same behavior um that doesn't do anything to help the child they're it just again it, it's just how can we help them make better choices and self-regulate rather than just punishing the behavior that they that they that they did right so that's more of the classroom management strategy that i have used over the years and it has worked well for me over the years and again just say no to clip charts say no to dojo points i don't think that that is the best way to teach self-regulation skills and, you know, have how we can make good choices um, to keep ourselves and others safe. That is my long, 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 long opinion on all of that. The last topic I wanted to talk about in this episode of the podcast is all about, you know, knowing about child development and brain development. I think as you know, uh, kindergarten educators, we need to have an understanding of how the brain develops and how the children are developing at the ages that they're at in kindergarten. I think that it's really important to have that understanding in order to, you know, be able to teach them again, those self-regulation skills, those well-being skills and all that kind of stuff. I did take a course last summer. I think I finished the course last summer called the brain story. If you want to go like in depth about brain development, it's a free um, course that you can do online from the Alberta Family Wellness Center. I will link it in the show notes if that's something that you want to take a look at. And it's all about how the brain develops and how the synapses in the brains form and how children, you know, develop different skills at different times and all that kind of stuff. I think that it's really important to be able to understand how those synapses in the brains form. It's basically those highways of information that bring information to and from the brain. And basically in the kindergarten age years, students just need a lot of repetition and opportunities to practice skill. The more that they are using those synapses, those um, highways in the brain, the more they use it, the stronger those connections are so that they, our students just need a lot of repetition to practice these skills 
and they need a lot of hands-on practice in different scenarios to be able to really solidify their understanding of different skills. And that's something that, you know, I know, I, I always knew in the back of my head, like, yes, they do need a lot of opportunities to practice, but understanding like the science behind it and why it's so important, it really um, brings that, that importance to the forefront when I'm thinking about how to practice different skills in kindergarten. Another really important part for our students is going to be play. And our we know that children learn through play. And so we need to provide those opportunities for children to play in order to practice these skills to learn new skills to develop social um, competencies and those self-regulation skills all of that is built through play and so I think that it is such an important part of our classrooms I know um, in Ontario we have a play-based kindergarten program so you know play is just built into our day but I know a lot of other um I don't know about the other provinces, but I need, I know in the States, you know, that's not always an opportunity that is afforded to kindergarten students, you know, those opportunities to play and not just play for like 10 minutes at recess. I'm talking about like deep play that can last for like half an hour to an hour where students are really getting into that deep play and talking to each other and building on their ideas and really having those opportunities to explore and play um, throughout the day and in different contexts as well. So, you know, having a dramatic play center, having a building center, having some small world, doing puppets, sensory bins, like all of those varied opportunities within the classroom and how many different opportunities can we provide our students um, to practice skills through play. And as educators, when we're looking at our classroom spaces, if we know we want to practice certain skills, what materials can we add to those spaces in order for them to practice those skills through play? And I'm not saying that we don't teach as well like we still need to be explicitly teaching you know skills to students we still need to teach them you know phonic skills and like how to pattern we still need to take those like explicit teaching moments as well but we also really need to put an emphasis on play in our kindergarten classroom and realize um, how important it is for the development of children's brains um, for them to be able to to really uh, develop deep understandings of different concepts and the last thing i also wanted to remind um uh, myself of and other educators of is that you know kids at like four five six years old like they are in like they are so much variety of like where they are in their learning even when they're born in the same year like it just depends on their early experiences you know it just depends on so many things like what they are learning to do or what they have learned to do and so I think it's really important to just meet them where they are instead of like having a, a the, the quote-unquote like educator you know like placing like what they think the children should be able to do at this point like instead really flipping it around and asking yourself like what where are the children at and where can I meet them how can I meet them where they are at and push their learning forward and it's really important and again you know spending that time at the beginning of the school year to get to know your students this is this is part of it this is why it's so important you know you'll be able to learn about each of your students, you know, what are they really good at? What do they need help with? Where where can we take their learning next? And that's all part of it is being able to like push them from where they are instead of, you know, um, just expecting them to be 
at some certain milestone that we have like in our brains about it. And, and again, this is all things that I've learned over the years and all things I need to keep reminding myself of over and over again, because I think it is so important um, to, to keep these in the back of our brains when we're planning and implementing a program in kindergarten. So that's all I have for you this week about kindergarten. I know it was kind of a little bit scattered. I did have things written down, but they were kind of not, um, there was no like link between them, I guess. I don't know. And so it might've been a little bit scattered, but I did want to get a lot, a lot of those thoughts out there. And as people are planning um, their back to school time and how they're going to be going and setting up their classrooms and getting things ready for their students. And I really wanted to get a few of my thoughts out there at uh, first so that, you know, um, I can reflect on what I want my classroom to be like and look like and that you can also take this opportunity to reflect on your own classroom and how you are going to, you know, be the best educator you can for your students. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Like I said, starting next week, we're going to have five videos all about um, the kindergarten classroom. It's my kindergarten classroom series on YouTube in case you want to just go and have a listen to it on there. Um, it's a video instead of audio format. And um, so that'll be starting next week and go for five weeks. And then after that, I want to do like a back to school Q&A episode possibly just because I will be going back after those five episodes. I think I will be back in the classroom if I'm counting my weeks correctly. I think maybe um, I'll be going back in the classroom. So um, I'll be able to do a Q&A of people asking questions about classroom setup and all that kind of stuff. So um, if that is something you're interested in, you have any questions, even if you want to submit them now instead of five weeks from now, definitely um, send me a message over on Instagram. If there's any topic that you want to discuss that I talked about today on the podcast, please reach out to me on, on um, Instagram, Facebook, or through my uh, blog. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for. I will link all those in the show notes for you, but I'm basically creative kindergarten everywhere. If you start typing creative kindergarten, you should be able to find me. And I'm always looking forward to hearing from other educators and their thoughts and opinions on the topics that I talked about today. And I'm really looking forward to hearing from you. I hope you have either a great rest of your summer or a great back to school time. If you're starting back up, um, uh, this week or next week. And uh, I wishing you all the best. And I will talk to you all again next time. Bye.